Are you ready for the event everyone is waiting for? What I am calling the Rihanna concert, formerly known as the Beyonce concert, <laughs> previously before then known as the Super Bowl. But previously known as the Prince concert, and then the Michael Jackson concert, <laughs> and then the, the place where Whitney Houston sang the song. Yes, and the place where Justin Timberlake earned my ire for the rest of his oh life. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, you're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR. I'm Brittany Luce here with my good friend, Gene Demby, host of NPR's Code Switch. And this weekend, whatever you call it, the Super Bowl or the Rihanna concert, it's going to dominate the conversation. Are you ready? I'm ready for different reasons than you are. Uh, my Eagles, my beloved Eagles are in the Super Bowl. But yeah, I'm amped. And you know, it's football, so you can't be amped without a little bit of like, a little ethically dubious too at the same time. <laughs> oh, we're going to get into, we're going to get to some dubious ethics. Of course, of course. <laughs> the NFL has long been a flashpoint for the biggest tensions in American culture. In 2019, Rihanna herself turned down the halftime show because she said she couldn't support the league's ethics. But now, just four years later, she's taking the stage to perform her biggest hits. And with 14 number one hits, she's got a lot to choose from. Umbrella's gonna be there. You know, it's like the Super Bowl is like the most sort of like middle of the road American thing. So you're gonna get all the songs. The that number ones. Knows. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I mean, Umbrella is actually uh, is actually a karaoke song of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Let me find out. Today, Gene and I are digging into why Rihanna once turned down the world's biggest stage. What's changed in the NFL since then, and why Rihanna might be able to set aside her criticism this time. All that after a quick break. Gene Demby. Brittany Luce. My friend, my colleague. What's good, homie? What's good with you? Welcome to It's Been a Minute. Uh, it's been a minute since I've, we've got to do this. Oh my God. I know. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so good, happy I get to chop it up with you. Me too, me too. I'm so excited. I was so excited to be able to be like, come on my show, co-worker. <laughs> <laughs> co-worker. So formal. Um, okay, so... Let's do some history here, okay? Let's do it. Back in 2019, Rihanna was famously offered the Super Bowl halftime show, but she turned it down. And in an interview with Vogue, she said from this time, I couldn't dare do that. For what? Who gains from that? Not my people, which I think she's talking about people like us, you know? Mm-hmm. I just couldn't be a sellout. I couldn't be an enabler. There's things within that organization that I do not agree with at all. And I was not about to go and be of service to them in any way. The organization she's referring to, of course, is the NFL. As someone who knows the NFL well, what things do you think Rihanna did not agree with? So that's the thing about that statement is that it's so vague. And because of the NFL, it could be literally any of a dozen things, right? Like she could have been talking about the Colin Kaepernick situation. There were obviously a ton of high-profile incidents of intimate partner violence, right? Oh, yes. There was the big giant scandal that the NFL knew that a whole lot of its players, former players, were suffering from all sorts of serious brain-related trauma from Mm -hmm. injuries that they received on their careers. A bunch of former superstars even took their lives, right? They committed suicide Mm -hmm. and they would leave notes that said, like, please study my brain. Something is not right. We've since found out that related to that, like, that the NFL was actually giving former black athletes, paying them out less because it was saying that their level of cognitive decline was less because 
as black people, they were starting from a lower level of cognition. It I was, remember hearing that story. Ah, right. There is just so much to the point about being things being ethically dubious around football. There's just so much stuff around the NFL that she could have been referring to at that moment. You know, just a couple of weeks ago, a young player, 24 years old, had a heart attack on the field. Right, 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 right. Before that, a player had a concussion in which he, like, basically seized up. And his coach had sent him out on the field knowing he had a concussion five days before then. There's even internal practices that are still, like, not being covered up, but internal practices that are a part of how teams operate that seem kind of sketchy. <laughs> um, yes. You know, we've been texting about an episode of Code Switch that you have been working on. Yeah. And you were telling me about the NFL scouting combine. Talk yeah. to me about what that is and what about it would cause somebody to liken it to a slave auction? Because that's, that's not even just something people are saying online. That's like an actual Black NFL executive used that language Absolutely. to describe what happens. It's funny because my wife and I were watching it a couple of years ago. It was just like on the background. And she was like, ooh, this is kind of giving slave auctions. So like, and it's televised. It's televised, right? So the NFL combine is basically this audition to make an NFL team, right? It's like mm-hmm. if you're coming out of college and you want to be a professional football player, you go through the combine. Is this something you have to do to like be drafted? The best players can sort of opt out of it, but if you're, tr- if you're most players have to go through it to sort of like, it's, it's where they test how strong you are, how fast you are, how agile you are. They sort of run you through all these football drills, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of that stuff is televised. But the stuff that's not televised is sort of like the sort of medical stuff that happens behind the scenes. And so we were talking to Dominique Foxworth, who um, played in the league for about six or seven years for our mm-hmm. episode on Code Switch. Mm-hmm. He was trying to make it into the league. As part of his sort of like going through the conveyor belt of the combine, they're taking him and all these other players from room to room to room, and they're poking them and prodding them with all these things to see if they have any injuries, if they had any injuries. And at one point, he has to take a hernia test, which, if y'all don't know, is like when they basically a doctor or someone takes your scrotum <laughs> in their hand and they tell uh-huh. you to turn your head and cough. But there are so many dudes at the combine who were sort of lined up. He was like, they just took me into the hallway because there was no space in the room to do it. And so I was just standing there naked with wow. my balls in this person's hands. Wow. And they're like, turn your head and cough. I um, had to do that in the hallway. Oh my God. It was backed up. And so like, it was nobody in there, but other like combine participants but that still is like degrading what's your name okay what's your number pull them out and they're like all right what's your number because they don't have their jerseys basically don't have their names on them they just have numbers on them so it's like you know it's like the sort of cattle call sort of culture right this is all happening in a big stadium the big so all the drills are happening in a big stadium and one of the things you can't really see on TV is that, like, there are fans there. Like, when you watch on TV, you just see, you think there's just scouts. So there's, like, an audience. There's an audience. And they're completely quiet. And so after people do certain drills, there's sort of, like, a polite applause. Like, polite. So, like, this, imagine the league is 60% black, 70% uh-huh. people of color. All the people with the clipboards, though, most of them, most of the coaches in the league are white. So you have all these black and brown bodies sort of, like, performing for all these white people who are evaluating them. And you have all these fans who are sort of like gently clapping after they perform. It's like not raucous like a football fan. Right. There's there's no like, there's no like my team versus your team exactly. stakes, like sanctioned gameplay. It's just mm-hmm. like, oh, 
He won the foot race. (laughs) (laughs) He ran really fast. Exactly. And we talked to this this researcher named Tracy Canada. She's a cultural anthropologist at Duke. She was like, it reminded her of the silent auction scene in Get Out. That's what right. that's what it reminded her of, right? right? And I just like, it's so creepy. And like everything about the NFL, if you like just take a half a second to sort of step back, even as a fan, even as somebody as like, you know, my team is in Super Bowl, I'm gonna watch the game. It's like very it just it just don't sit right if you just think about it for half a second. <sighs> you know, here we are, you know, to touch back on Rihanna. She said in 2019, there's things within this organization she doesn't agree with at all. And yet she's performing now. Are any of the things that that she did not agree with back then that were going on within the league, are they resolved? No. I mean, one, like, it's still hard to figure out, like, which of the many things she could have been referring to. But after 2020, right, a lot of corporations had to, like, do a lot of really public-facing things around sort of saying that racism was bad. And so, you know, if you watch an NFL game now, you'll see end racism in big letters, pasted on the end zone. And it takes all of us pasted on the end zone. That's kind of like the extent of it. I'm sure the league is sort of giving out money, you know, relative patents for the NFL, right? Like right. to like causes around, quote, racial justice, mm-hmm. whatever that means. But none of the sort of core issues that would have been in the news when Rihanna was making her statement, like that stuff is still ongoing. Okay, so there are many reasons why Rihanna would turn down the halftime show the first time. And there are still many reasons why she could have made that same decision this year. But she is performing. What the soft power of a halftime performance means for pop's brightest stars. Gina and I get into why she would take the stage after a quick break. I want to to break this part down because like the NFL's kind of corporate response to everything that happened in 2020 was to like you know, have this very external messaging that was about ending racism in some sort of vague sense. The NFL pledged $250 million to, quote, address systemic racism. I'm like, mm-hmm. they could have given the money to me. That's just a suggestion that I have for the NFL. <laughs> um, I'll think about if you give me $250 million, I'll brainstorm. Personal reparations for you. Exactly. <laughs> You know, I mean, in addition to that, like Jay-Z and and Rock Nation, who Rihanna contracts with, Mm -hmm. got into this partnership with the NFL. Talk to me about that. Yeah, so Jay-Z met with Roger Goodell, some executive of the NFL, and basically kind of was like, okay, we're done protesting this Kaepernick stuff. We're done. This, This kneeling stuff is done. It sort of was like... That thing that happens a lot of times, like you have somebody from some demographic. Uh, right, who like, who's just sort of like, well, uh, you know, I, I, I'll say the... on behalf of all black people, like, I, we're done, time out. We're yeah. good, exactly. At the time it was criticized, right? But the NFL effectively like moved on from that. By the time Jay-Z enters into this weird deal with the NFL, like they come up with this this motto. It was like very empty motto that meant inspire change. Like what does inspire change mean? Like what does that even mean? <laughs> we're going to, you know, they were selling merch that said inspire change. You know, we're off that. You can buy these T-shirts that say Inspire Change. Like, first of all, that means absolutely nothing. And also, buy my product. This deal involves Rock Nation. Rihanna contracts with Rock Nation. And now she's doing the NFL halftime show. Am I cynical to think that this is all just about fulfilling contract agreements? Ooh. I, I was thinking a lot about this because I knew we were going to talk about Rihanna. Like, mm-hmm. the maintenance of superstardom. Like, hmm. the Super Bowl halftime show has become... 
one of the few moments of monoculture that we still have. Fair, yeah. And if you were someone of Rihanna's stature, right? One of the megastars, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And you ain't touring, you know what I mean? You ain't got a new album out, famously. <laughs> not only did you do not have a new album out, like you have denied people's requests, begging you Absolutely. for new music for like seven years. But yeah. Why are you denying us? Um, you could see why it would make business sense for her. You know, I'll say, uh, you know, the other thing, about halftime shows is that also people use them as an opportunity to share some of their political beliefs, right? We've seen in just the last decade alone meaningful statements made during the Super Bowl halftime show from Beyonce to Kendrick Lamar. Rihanna has never shied away from political statements. As we mentioned, she made a big one in 2019. What kind of statement would you like to see her make at this year's show? Or at least like what kind of statement could she give at this year's show that would make you be like, okay, like, you you did something unexpected with the platform that that you have given your previous misgivings. Mm, okay, so I just don't think that billionaires will say anything that is like really important, like or really like worth <laughs> saying, or that's like not self serving, or that's not already really popular to say. Yeah, like even I think a lot of Beyonce's halftime performers from a couple years ago, mm-hmm. at one point when they were performing Formation, right, like they were all in a sort of Black Panther garb, and it's yeah. like. Not the Black Panther like Wakanda, Black Panther like, you know, like... Like Oakland, yes. Like Fred Hampton, right, exactly. (laughs) And in the moment, like, it was really hard to talk about because, like, Beyonce was having her moment. But it was like, look, like, every statement that celebrities, especially billionaire celebrities, and there's only a handful of them, (laughs) make is sort of like brand maintenance. Mm. Even when Rihanna said the stuff about not performing the Super Bowl in 2019, like... That is a kind of, like, brand management, too, right? Like, even if you sort of read between the lines, you're like, I would not go near this radioactive brand that is the NFL. You know, we've had this long discussion. You've done all this reporting. How do you square your football fandom with everything that you know about the league? It's, like, one of the things that makes being a football fan so hard. Like, my wife and I, a big part of our courtship was around football. Her family is not from the States, and when they came to the U.S., Football gave them, like, a vernacular, like, a, a way to, like, sort of have small talk with people in the States. It, like, helped uh-huh. them become American in a lot of ways. And so on Sundays, we watch NFL Red Zone, which is, like, this channel where they just play the games, no commercials. Like, you just basically main, like, just oh, a wow. hydrant of football for, like, seven hours. I will say that, like, since the Eagles won the Super Bowl, we've stepped back a lot from our football consumption. Um, hmm. And it was actually one of the things that was really interesting about this year was that she's a Niners fan. I'm an Eagles fan. And our teams were really good this year. And so, like, this year... As the season sort of went on, we, like, slowly started, you know, peeking over the fence again. Like, oh, what's good? Mm. By the time the playoffs came, like, I felt like it was like, oh, we're just back into our old rhythms again. And I remember, like, we were watching the game. We stomped her team. Like, the Eagles stomped it, the, the <laughs> Niners. And she was all, you know, she's like, oh, I hate losing like this. You know what I'm saying? You don't know. The, it's like, it sucks to lose a game like this. So I was like, ha, I can't relate. <laughs> it's like, we just <laughs> fell back into, like, the shit talking. You know what I mean? It was just yeah. so much fun. And also, like... Oh, God. Like, how do we get back here? It feels like you, like, relapse from, like, you giving up smoking and suddenly you're, like, you're smoking all over again. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. ta Coates said this to me once when we were having a conversation a long time ago about how he had to stop watching football. It's like you kind of lose a language, right? You, like, lose this way hmm. of being able to, like, have small talk with people. And I, you know, and I just think a lot about, like, how it was a way for my wife's family to, like, find community when they came here. Mm. Gene, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to me about this whole Rihanna NFL 
saga. I'm really curious to see what she does and how things play out. But at least now I got my proper context. (laughs) Thanks to you. Oh, man, it's always good to chop it up with you. You're the best. You're the best. That was Gene Demby from NPR's Code Switch. You can hear more of Gene's reporting on the NFL Combine by checking out Code Switch's podcast feed. This episode was produced by Barton Girdwood and edited by Jessica Placek and Jessica Mendoza. I'm Brittany Luce, and I'll be back Friday with another episode of It's Been a Minute from NPR. <laughs>